Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting with dietitian Georgia Houston about the rise of eating disorders in our society and how we can help a generation of confused dieters mend their relationship with food. Here's part two. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. My name is Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. And I'm extremely excited to have a special guest on the podcast for the next few episodes, dietitian Georgia Houston. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I mm. just listened to a great podcast by um, Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um, it says We Can Do Hard Things. That's what it's called. Yeah. And her, she started the episode, it was about bodies, about why we as women especially are grown to believe that smaller is better. Like we have to downplay everything so we can fit this small mould. Yes. Um, and I was tearing up. I was like, oh, my God, imagine what I could have been or like even now in society if we didn't have to be fearful of looking a certain way. Yeah. Or how much energy could you spend on so many other things? What, yeah, what, were we, what would we do and achieve if we weren't thinking about the our next bodies. meal we were going to yeah. eat and our next diet we were going to follow. Yeah, 100%. It is crazy. So it's getting worse. Is that actually a, a true statistic? Is there evidence of that or is that just something that you've sort of picked up on? I've certainly noticed that in our clinics. We have a paediatric dietitian on our team who's seeing younger and younger kids mm. being brought in with disordered eating or eating disorder site behaviours but even parents bringing their kids on for us to put them on a diet, mm. which doesn't happen, but that's what they're wanting. Yes. So I, in me, anecdotally, I could say that. Are you noticing that too? Because that's obviously more of the main client base you see. Definitely. I um, So at the moment, they say that over 1 million people in Australia have an eating disorder and about a quarter of those people get help. Oh, wow. Um, with COVID, I have never been busier mm. and- I do think because eating disorders feed on control. Yes. I always say it's never about the food. In my consults, we barely talk about food. Um, yeah. If I give someone a meal plan, they're not going to follow it unless the reasons behind are resolved. So definitely with COVID, taking away control, people spending a lot more time at home with mm. not as many distractions, um, eating disorders have definitely increased, especially in the last year. I, would, I can't wait to find out the stats mm. um, when they do new stats after COVID. Yeah. I mean, it definitely makes sense because they have made some interesting points. I think just in general, people's mental health deteriorating. And I've shared on the show in previous episodes, I've battled on and off with anxiety over the years. And um, mine is not great at the moment, just with this looming lockdown, Mm. all this uncertainty. So I guess it makes sense that on a number of spectrums, people's mental health is not doing great at the moment. Yeah. Also though, I think parents, especially last year when we were in that little lockdown, Mm. parents are at home a lot more and they started to notice behaviours in their children. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Um, which had gone unnoticed before. So behaviours like my daughter's not eating during the day or she's in her room secretly exercising, which I think was, I don't know if it was as prevalent before, but it's definitely being more noticed. Yes, that's actually very interesting too. Yeah. And it, that almost makes me sad as a mum, but also knowing with kids getting a bit older how easy it is for kids that are quiet and keeping to themselves that you're like, oh, they're good, you know, whereas yeah. the noisy, naughty ones get your attention. Yeah. <laughs> You have to be careful of the quiet ones. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah, if you don't notice what's going on or not in their world, mm. you might not even have a clue of what they're going through. Yeah. So when someone comes to you for help, what? how would you describe the process? Do you have sort of a process you go through <laughs> to help somebody or is it really case by case basis? What, what do you do? Case by case, but I have a, a model that I work through. Yeah. So when someone comes to me, generally they have been to their GP prior. Yeah. Um, and they have a referral from their GP to see me, which is great. Um, it means that they've had all their bloods tested, um, sometimes an ECG. Like these are quite serious health conditions, physical health conditions. Mm. Um, if they haven't been to their GP, I always ask them to go after seeing me. Medicare have this great thing called an eating disorder plan. So it's a lifesaver financially for my clients. It means they can come and see me 20 times and a psychologist 40 times in a year Great. and get rebated. So they yeah. can see me half price for follow-ups, um, which is probably one of the biggest burdens. Mm. Seeking help and treatment is the finance behind it. Yes. Um, and especially when I'm not going to fix you in one session. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, takes a, it's, it takes a long time, especially and depending on how long it's taken you to come see a dietitian in the first place or a psychologist in the first place. So in terms of what I do in the session, usually in the first sessions, it's me listening. It's the first time people have been heard or able to talk about it. Yeah. Um, And then I use a fabulous model created by an Australian dietitian called the RAVES model. Mm. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. I'm excited for this. Yeah, his name is Shane Jeffries. um, Yeah. And he's fantastic. So it's an acronym. Um, and R stands for regularity, A stands for adequacy, V stands for variety, E stands for eating socially, and S is spontaneity. Beautiful. Um, and you have to be able to do R before you can move on to A and V, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, for example, when I went to a dietitian, um, I remember the homework was you need to eat an ice cream tonight. And I was like, well, stuff that. I haven't eaten anything unhealthy in two years. I'm not going to go eat an ice cream. <laughs> yeah, just because you tell me yeah. to. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know you from a bar of soap. I'm yeah. Gonna, like mum has been telling me to do that for like – why would I do it now? Yeah. So that would be variety being spontaneous. That's way down the track. Yeah. What I do when I first see a client is make sure that they're eating regularly. And that looks like different for everyone, but I try and get every two to three hours, breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, dessert, etc. Yeah. And then we move on to adequacy. And that's when I actually start looking at what they're eating. So yeah. at the first stage, I don't care if you're eating a piece of fruit six times a day. Yeah. Just we're just breaking that habit that you're not a you don't have to be afraid of food or eating. Yeah. And the first two steps are really critical because as we know with eating disorders, when your brain and your body is starving, you start to think differently. Mm. Um, so when we can refeed the brain and the body we can, our anxiety can decrease, um, our obsessive thoughts around food can decrease. Yeah. And then we're more open to weight gain, variety, 
going out and eating that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so good. I think it's fantastic actually hearing the, so many different pieces of work coming in from lots of different like people who've been working in this space. And I know that there's a podcast on my network from our producer called the End Eating Disorders Podcast um, as well, just bringing awareness to it. So that sounds amazing. I know I've got a lot of listeners of the show who would have kids similar age to me and older. What would you say to a parent? And gosh, it'd be great if your mum was here right now too. (laughs) Does she go on podcasts? Maybe we'll get her on another time. But what would you say to a parent if they're sort of suspecting something's wrong? And, you know, I think it's tempting as a parent to sort of tackle it, like just eat something, right? And just, you know, put down your iron fist and right? Yes. What would you say? How, how should a parent approach this if they're suspecting an eating disorder in their child? So interesting you say that because I remember so vividly my dad, he was ironing at the time, which is, yeah, <laughs> weird. What a guy. <laughs> I love men that he iron. He does love ironing though. <laughs> um, and he said to me, I can fix anything, like anything wrong with anything, I can fix it, but I can't fix what's going on right now with you. And he was crying. I was crying. Aww. Yeah. I still get teary. Yeah. Um, Every child is different um, Mm -hmm. and every eating disorder case is different, but my parents couldn't have done anything different around food. Yes. My mum is a beautiful cook. All our celebrations are around food. Yeah. I was just that perfectionist child that was like, oh, here's something I can control. I want to control it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of approaching your child, I would be looking for differences um, in their behaviours especially. So if they start um, taking control of their food or if you're starting to notice them um, be a bit sneaky around food, not so much like not eating during the day or. Yeah. The thing is with eating disorders also, it can be quite quite a cruel illness. Um, and I always like to tell the parent and the child that you need to separate the eating disorder from you. Yes. Um, so for example, a lot of the time my clients will lie about what they're eating to their parents. Yes. Um, or they'll cover it up so much so because the eating disorder wants to keep going. Mm. So separating the eating disorder from you, I had Georgia 1, Georgia 2, and Georgia 2 was an absolute bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think coming from a place, if you're a parent and you're worried about your child, compassion, because it's really scary. Yeah. And it's very lonely for everyone. And even though I was hysterical when my mum sat me down, I was actually really relieved. So even though I was crying and I was like swearing, I'm like, I don't, I don't have this and yeah. denying, I was actually really relieved that, oh, I don't have to do this anymore because if it wasn't for them, I would have kept going. Yes. Um, Cause it's so hard to get help on your own. And I have so much respect for adults that deal with eating disorders because when I was going through it, I was at home. I had no say. Yeah. Like mum was like, you need to eat this. Yeah. Um, have you eaten lunch? Yeah. Um, we're going to your psychology appointment. Um, so <laughs> yeah. if you're a, if you're an adult, my hat goes off to you. Yeah. Cause you're really having to find that thing deep inside to want to change if there's Every nobody day. there keeping you accountable. Yeah. Yeah. If it's anything like dealing with other mental health stuff that some days are good and bad and you feel like two steps forward, right? Two steps yes. back sometimes. Yeah. So, so just, yeah, I guess so parents not being afraid to confront it if they need to. Yes. Um, and yeah. for parents, Great resource is the Butterfly Foundation. Yeah, okay. Um, so they have an online chat where you can talk to someone 24-7. Yeah. Um, they have lots of information about what is an eating disorder, how to support someone with an eating disorder. They have support groups. Yeah. Um, so definitely the Butterfly Foundation. Um, and then I would get your GP heavily involved. Yeah, cool. Um, so that they can meet your child, um, make sure everything's okay physically, refer you to a psychologist. Yeah. Um, I think a multi 
just want to prepare. Whoa, that was a long word. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> a big team. Yeah, so a big I team. Dietitian, um, getting as many people like a village on yeah. board. Yeah. Um, it's not just one person that will help. Beautiful. I really like that. That's it for today's episode. Tune in to the final part tomorrow. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.